0: Ezekiel chapter number two. And we're going to take a look at this, this uh, prophetic book and glean some principles that I think will help us to understand that God is faithful even when his own people are not faithful. How many of y'all know that's true? God is faithful even when his own people are not faithful. And what we're going to discover is we look at and survey this book that following a time of chastisement, he brings ultimate restoration and blessing, just like he promised in his word to us. And proudly, as we go through this series and we survey this book of Ezekiel, we will learn what it takes to bounce back and truly live again. Everybody say live again. Uh, We're going to entitle this, it's time to live again. Everybody say it's time to live again. I don't know about you, but maybe, maybe as I've observed and I counsel with people, and even as I look back over my own life through this journey of faith that I've been on, there have been times in this Christian walk where I felt like I was not very alive. I felt like there was areas or pockets in my life where I was dead to allowing God to have the proper. Uh, influence in my life in that area. anybody ever been there before? And sometimes what happens is we get into these little ruts, we get into these little uh, uh, patterns of behavior and thinking that causes us to be away from God. And I submit to you, as we look at it, and we survey what's happening in Christianity today, I think that we, we can see a, a, a church and a body of believers that 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 maybe are not as enthusiastic about the faith walk as we should be maybe there's some areas in your life where you need to decide that it's time to live again there may be some areas maybe your marriage is dead like a valley of dry bones maybe maybe your health is failing you maybe maybe uh, your work environment is not where you want it to be and it's not a vibrant experience for you i want to tell you that it's time to live again in all of those areas it's time for us to rise up And be the church. It's time for us to be the people of God that he's called us to be. Now look in Ezekiel chapter number two. And we're going to begin our reading at verse number one. Ezekiel chapter number two. We'll read in verse number one. And begin to share some things here with you. The text says, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. It says, stand up, son of man, said the voice. I want to speak with you. The spirit came into me as he spoke And he set me on my feet. I listened carefully to his words. Son of man, he said, I'm sending you to the nation of Israel, a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have been rebelling against me to this very day. They are stubborn and hard-hearted people. But I'm sending you to say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. And whether they listen or refuse to listen, For remember, they are rebels. At least they will know they have had a prophet among them. The text says in verse number six, son of man, do not fear them or their words. Don't be afraid uh, even though their threats surround you like nettles and briars and stinging scorpions. Do not be dismayed by their dark scowls or even though they are rebels. Have y'all ever talked to somebody and they had a scowl on their face? You ever talk to somebody and, and you know that that deep down inside they were not listening to what you were saying? Anybody ever been there before? Any of your children ever do that to you? Look at you like like they like they run the house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Any of y'all ha- have have spouses that give you that look when you're talking to them and you, and you and you thinking they 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 they're not receiving what I said? Here we see God is talking to Ezekiel and he's telling them, he says, son of man, listen to, in verse number eight, son of man, listen to what I say to you. Do not join them in their rebellion. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. Everybody say, open your mouth and eat what God gives you. I like what what Jesus said when he was tempted by Satan in the wilderness he says man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that does what proceeded out of the mouth of God. He said that during the time of temptation of his hunger in the wilderness. He had been fasting what for 40 days and 40 nights and the devil came and told him and tempted him to turn these stones into bread and he says I'm going to eat I'm going to live off of what the word of God feeds me I'm gonna allow the word of God. To give me life. Amen. So it's time to live again. Let's talk a little bit about this book and see if we can get some principles that, that, will, that will help us to live a vibrant Christian life because I believe guys that it's time for the church to stand up and be the church. It's time for you. Yes, you, 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 everybody in here. It's time for us to live this Christian life away from these four walls. As your pastor, I, I, I want to give you a prophetic word today. It's going to be a pastoral word, but it's going to be a prophetic word because prophets were not popular in Israel. How many of y'all know it's true? And we'll, we'll talk about this in just a second. Ezekiel was, was, was being groomed to be a priest, amen? Priests were more popular than prophets because prophets tell you about yourself. Can I get a witness? Prophets, amen, give a direct word from the Lord, and prophets were not very popular because they spoke to the people's sin. So we're going to look at this prophet Ezekiel here and see that that he gave them what God gave him, and that's critically important. In the church, guys, too many of us have allowed ourselves to be like the nation of Israel, to be like Judah, where we slipped away from God. We've come here, we come here every Sunday, and we look pretty, and we, we look the part, and we look religious, and we look Baptist, we look Episcopalian, we look Church of God in Christ, we look uh, whatever we are, Assembly of God, and God is saying, I, I'm not into denominational titles, I'm not into uh, uh, your religiosity. I want a people of God who when they leave this building after being girded up and fired up, go out there and live this stuff at home. God said, I'm tired of my church. And then pretending to be the church. And when you leave here, you don't act like the church. Are y'all listening to me? It's time to live again. Touch the name of your neighbor. It's time to live again. Now, when we look at this text, watch this, guys. Uh, just like Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and John the Baptist, Ezekiel, whose name means God strengthens. Just write that down. Ezekiel's name means God strengthens. Just, but just like Jeremiah, Zechariah, and John the Baptist, Ezekiel was called by God from being a priest to serving as a prophet. Amen? From being a priest to serving as a prophet, and as God's spokesman uh, to the Jewish exiles in the land of Babylon, he was called upon to rebuke them for their sin and expose their idolatry. Are you listening to me today? But he would also reveal the glorious future that the Lord had prepared for them. Ezekiel was 30 years old at the time of his calling, and the normal age for a priest what, what, where he would begin his ministry was actually at the age of 30. So here God did a uh, what we call flipping the script. Y'all have heard that term before? Has God ever flipped the script on you? In other words, you were you were set to go in this direction. You had your mind all made up that this is what I'm going to go, this is what I'm going to be, and God says, I'm going to flip the script on you. Guys, how many of y'all know that that I had no idea and I was not looking to become a preacher? I was very content being a banker doing what I do, amen, in the banking world. And I was was content being a full gospel businessman. But God said, I'm going to flip the script on you, Doyle Adams. I'm going to call you to do something that in your natural state you're not comfortable doing. I'm gonna call on you to get up in front of people and talk every week, twice a week. Knowing me and my personality, that was not my bent. But God says, I'm gonna change what I got for you. And see, so here we see Ezekiel at, at that age where he'd been trained to be a priest, and at the age of 30, when he's getting ready to flow into that role, God said, I'm gonna change it up. I'm gonna send you, t- I'm gonna call you. To be a prophet amongst my people. Now, again, listen to this real carefully. It it would have been much easier for Ezekiel to remain a priest, for, for again, priests were highly esteemed by the Jews, and and a priest could read the law and learn everything he needed to know to do his work. But prophets were usually despised and persecuted. They received their messages and orders from the Lord as the occasion demanded and could never be sure exactly what was coming next. Can you imagine that 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 when you're like Jeremiah, who was the, known as the weeping prophet, called to speak to a backsliding nation? That's what I feel like when we look at what's happening to the church in America. We, the church, as a general rule, now I'm not talking about everybody individually, but I believe as a general rule, the church is in a backslidden state. How else do you explain Christians acting like they've never been saved before? How else do you explain believers talking like they don't know the Lord, saying stuff that is that, that is that is that is that is, is coarse, saying stuff that is not godly, saying stuff and talking in ways that don't line up with God's word for their life? How is it that we can do stuff? Uh, and, and 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 sin and don't have any remorse and then roll up in here on Sunday and say praise the lord hallelujah how how is it that we can we can live like we don't know Jesus is and coming and praise dance oh all my praise dance looking at go me talk about me how is it that we can come and sing Zion songs in the choir? How is it that we can come and sit around the table and discuss the Sunday school lesson and don't do a doggone thing that's in the lesson? And fool ourselves into believing that we're okay with God. Everybody say it's time to live again. Now, now, it's, again, it, it was dangerous to be a prophet and, 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 Because here again, most people resent being told about their sins and prefer to hear messages about prosperity, hear messages about being cheerful, uh, hear messages about how I can get ahead, hear messages about how I don't have to suffer, how I can come out of this valley experience. And all those things are needful. But guys, I'm going to tell you something. There are times, hear me carefully, there are times when we need to be told about ourselves. There are times when the unadulterated truth needs to be purveyed in such a manner that it causes each and every one of us to do a self-examination. you remember what Paul said? We, we went over on Wednesday night. Paul told the Corinthian church to examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine or not. Look at your life and see what's lining up. There, guys, there, there are some things that in the Bible... Uh, that, that are that very clear that that God is saying, I don't want my people involved in that. And here we see in a situation here where the, the, the nation, uh, at, at this point in time, where this text was written, they were they were in Babylonian captivity because of their disobedience. Now, the most difficult part of a or the most difficult task of a prophet it was to be able to speak. And speak the word of God and change people's minds. I've discovered this. When people get a pattern of thought built up in their mind that's been built up by whatever their past experiences or their cultural upbringing or their families of origin, it's sometimes difficult to change that mind. We, we discovered, that, we went over this on Wednesday night, how it is that our behavior starts to develop road patterns in our thinking. And the more we do that behavior, the more the wider that highway gets. And we, we start to think a certain way. And so what God has to do to us, he has to, to, to deconstruct a thought pattern. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Let's go there right quick, and I know y'all know it, but let's look at it one more time. And then we'll get into some, some principles that we can learn. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you three today to help us to focus on, just, just to make sure that we understand some things that we glean from this book of Ezekiel, this prophetic book that God calls this man in captivity to share Amen. with his people. Romans 12 and one says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them, your bodies be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. How does, what's the way we worship God? Talk to me y'all. What does this say? Living a holy Watch it. Back up. I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them, your bodies, our bodies, my body, your body, be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find Acceptable When I allow my body to be used as a living sacrifice, when I allow my body to be used the way God wants it to be used and not the way I want it to be used, when I tell my body, you're not going to go over there and do that thing again because God says that's not a, a part of his word. God, That's not God's will for your life. When you out there say, I'm not going to take my body, go over to Jojo's house at 12 o'clock at night, have sex with him, I'm not married to him. Jojo, I can't do it no more. I'm going to let my body be a living sacrifice. When I make those quality decisions, when I set aside, I'm going to stop cussing and fussing. When I'm going to stop gambling and stambling, I don't know what stambling is, but it, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna stop doing it. It just happened to rhyme, amen? So just make up some stambling. Stumbling, stumbling, whatever. He says, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So me coming in here on Sunday is a, is a part of But but to truly worship God means that I Choose to die to self. I choose to be like the Apostle Paul when he said in Galatians 2 and 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life that I live in this flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave Himself for me. That's how we worship God. Worship is more than coming in and lift up holy hands. We ought to do that. It's more than coming and singing Zion songs. We ought to do that. It's more than dancing to the Lord. We ought to do that. It is giving our bodies as a living sacrifice. The question is how much are you willing to sacrifice? How much are you willing to give up so that you can truly live again? Truly live again. Verse number two, read it with me right quick. Verse two says this. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Amen, good and pleasing and perfect. So again, as we go back to Ezekiel, he had a task on hand. He was a prophet. He, he he was moved from studying to be a priest at the age of 30 when he would naturally in the normal course of things become a priest. Uh, then now God flipped the script and called upon him to be a prophet to an exiled nation. A nation that was exiled in Babylon. And so uh, again, the most difficult part of his task was to, was to change people's mind. This means pulling up some of the false doctrine and theology and planting the good seed of the word of God inside their head. Because again, we're going to be changed by changing the way we think. Our behavior will only be changed when our way of thinking about stuff changes. Are you listening to me? If you don't change the way you think, you won't change your behavior. Many of us try to change our behavior from the outside in. It's an inside out job. Are you with me today? So, so, so it, but, but, but it also, it, when we look at this, it, Ezekiel's task, uh, we, we said it, it means pulling down some of the false theology that he had, because what had happened was Israel, like they customarily do, and we talked about this on Wednesday night, God would bless them mightily. And when they were blessed, they became complacent. When they were blessed, they began to pull away from God. When they were blessed, they begin to run after other gods. Amen? The god of the Amalekites, the all the that were in the land, the God, uh, the false gods. And so they would turn to that false doctrine so the prophet would come and share a word with them to try to pull down some of that false theology and start planting the good seed of the word of God inside of their minds. Now, again, a prophet had the, the, the role of tearing down the thought structures that have been built up and and, and, and putting in their place uh, some solid foundation that will last them. Go with me right quick to 2 uh, Corinthians, the 10th chapter, right quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 3. 2 Corinthians 10, verse number 3. Y'all, you guys know this, but I want y'all to see it again one more time. And I want to share some things with you. Yo, know, Ezekiel, guys, he, his way of communicating. Was, um, was very unique and somewhat different from even some of the other prophets. Ezekiel will al- would oftentimes dramatize God's message by using signs and symbols and parables. Just, just think about this for a second. One, one time he was called upon to build a tiny model of Jerusalem and stage an attack on that model to illustrate what was getting ready to happen to God's people. He would use visual imagery. Uh, he was also one one time he was he was instructed by God. And he used this illustration. He he, he, he he was to shave off all of his hair and throw it up in there and chop it up with a sword to illustrate what was getting ready to happen to God's people. And probably the, the most extreme illustration that Ezekiel did. I don't I don't I just don't know. I guess if God God told me I would have to do it. But this this third. Thing I want to share with you was a, was a real extreme uh, example that he used to show the people, amen, the seriousness of what was about to occur with them because of their disobedience. He was, to, in, in his third example uh, of, of illustration, he used, he was to play the role of the scapegoat on the day of atonement. atonement. And what, what, what Ezekiel did was he laid down on his side for over one year laid on his side for over one year eating food that was cooked over poop. Eating food that was cooked over over human waste. Eating food that was cooked, let that sink in right quick because some of y'all are like, what? Eating food that was cooked over somebody having done number two. On his side for a whole year to illustrate come on uh, uh, to to paint the picture uh, 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 of the sign of the nasty food that the people would have to endure while they were seized in Jerusalem. Now I want to know how many of y'all will lay on your side for a year and preach eating food that was cooked over some mess, over some dung. That's what he did to illustrate what was getting ready to happen to God's people. He had a passion for God now, some of y'all. I, I, I think I lost half the audience just then. Are y'all still with me? What if God called? Well, everybody said, "Thank God, Thank God for Jesus." For Jesus. <laughs> Thank, God Thank God for grace and mercy. Because some of y'all know you wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. But he 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 used visual imagery to paint the picture that God. God wanted his people to see. Now, watch what the text says here in 2 Corinthians 10 chapter because again, you got to build the proper foundation. You got to build a proper foundation. It's time to live again. If we're going to live again, if we're truly going to live again, and some of y'all need to live for the first time. I believe that we have people in the church who did, who had a concept of what being born again is but really were never born again. You've been in church But as far as receiving Christ as your personal savior and giving your heart to him, I think some people have missed what that really means. All right. So watch this text right quick. It says that we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. All right. Now, here we go. We have the apostle Paul talking to what? The church at Corinth. And he's instructing them. He says, our warfare is different than the way the world wages warfare. Some of the stuff that you're dealing with in your life is not going to be conquered and it's not going to be overcame by your intellect, by your, your, your strong will, by your physical presence. Some stuff that you're dealing with in your life has demonic influence at the base of what's happening to you. I was sharing with a pastor friend just just this week, and he was sharing with me that his particular denomination, um, in, in, in growing up in his particular denomination, rarely did he hear a message about spiritual warfare. Rarely did they ever talk about demonic spirits. Rarely did they talk about angelic beings and their role in the plan of God for mankind. And he was, he was thrilled because just the other day he went to a meeting, and at that meeting, this the, the guy who was preaching was talking about spiritual warfare. And he asked me, what do you think about that? Do y'all talk about spiritual warfare? I said, we sure do. Because we recognize that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. That person who you angry with at work, it's, it's a spirit behind them. And if you keep focusing on that person rather than doing spiritual warfare the way the Bible trains us to do it, you're going to end up Amen, being hateful toward the person and missing the spirit behind the person. Some stuff that's happening now you will never get rid of until you learn how to wage spiritual warfare. And I'm going to tell you something, you're not going to wage spiritual warfare by, 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 by watching reality TV 24, uh, five, six hours a day. Uh, hello? You're not going to be able to wage spiritual warfare by spending all your time watching sports, guys. Grinding the first game of the NBA season. What LeBron going to do? What the Lakers going to do? The Lakers ain't going to do very much. Because it takes a team, Tyrone, to win a championship. Am I right about it? Come on now. You got to put some more pieces to that puzzle. One man can't do it all. One man can't do it all in football, basketball, baseball, and one man can't do it all in the church. It takes a team to advance kingdom principles. God has called all of us in here to be a part of that team, but you cannot be an effective member of the team if you're still dead to spiritual and then To spiritual things in your life. If you're still dead to walking in righteousness, if you're still dead to, to being a purveyor of gospel truth wherever you go, it takes a team. Can I get a witness? So, 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 so Paul here is, is, is writing here and he says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. Watch what the next verse says. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Verse number five says what? We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to do what? Now, watch what it says here. Now, I I need all of y'all to be honest right now, okay? Can we be honest in the house of the Lord? Can we be honest? Will y'all be honest with me? This is a participatory message which requires your involvement, your engagement. This is one of those messages that I don't want to catch you sleeping while I'm walking down the aisle. (laughs) Hello? This is one of those messages where I want you to think about yourself. Now, now watch this for a second. How many of y'all will will be honest enough to say, well, let me me just back up. Maybe maybe you haven't. How many of y'all have had a thought since you were saved, or maybe this week, or maybe this year? Let's say this year. How many of y'all have had a thought that came to your mind this year that was a rebellious thought? A thought. When I say rebellious thought, a thought that went against the revealed word of God for your life. Okay, we got one. Let's see. I'm counting two. Oh, see, yeah. Okay, you, you've had some thoughts that did not line up with what you've been taught. You've had some ways, some behaviors that did not line up with what you've been taught on Sunday. Not not the I Adams taught you. Huh? Not that Mareri Adams taught not that Craig Potter taught, taught you, not, not that Curvis Davis taught you, and Charles Hartman taught you in Sunday school, Doris Robinson taught you. How many of y'all have had some thoughts that were rebellious? Guys, I'm going to tell you, that happens. I don't care how saved you are, I don't care how much you speak in tongues, thoughts will come. Let's go to the King James Version of this passage right quick and look at it. Go, go, go back to, to verse number three from the KJV. I like this. Watch this, watch this. Are y'all still with me? He says this, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not what? War after the flesh. In other words, he says we're human beings. We're encased in flesh. We we have blood coursing through our veins. But when we go to do warfare, if you're a born-again believer, you don't do warfare the way the world does it. The world wants to pull a gun and shoot somebody. The world wants to fight. The world wants to uh, get you back. The world wants to degrade you, make you feel low so they can feel high. The world has a mentality, I'm going to cut you down to make myself look good. That's the way the world does wages warfare. But it says, we do not war after or according or in line with the worldly or fleshly way of doing things. Next verse, come on, let's go. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not worldly, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of what? Of strongholds. Strongholds, those, those, the system of the belief, that highway that's been built up in your mind over the years and has you thinking a certain way and you reject anything that doesn't line up with your normal way of thinking. That's why it's so important, guys, for you to get involved in discipleship training. I'm going to say this as your, this is a prophetic word coming from your pastor today. It is critically important that you get engaged in the systematic study of God's word. It's important for you as a member of this church to be involved when we study the Bible corporately. So that as we go along studying corporately, you will have a, 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 a clear mindset of division and the purpose of this house. So what, what do I mean by that? Well, it means if you're a member of this church, if you're not working and you're not sick on Wednesday, you need to be at Bible study. Hello. I got two amens on that one. If you are a member of this church and you're not working and you're not sick. You should be at corporate Bible study on Wednesday nights. Amen. And when you don't come and stay at home and watch TV on Wednesday night, that's a rebellious spirit. Sunday morning, if you were late for church today, you were just trifling. You would you just wanted to be late. Because I know your body woke up like mine did. I woke up and thought it was seven o'clock. It was six o'clock, Alicia. It was six a.m. And if, and if you late today, you just trifling. You just wanted to be late. Fashionably late. I just I just need to know that you're still with me. You still love me, don't you? If you remember the church, then part of your responsibility is to engage in the work of the ministry. And you can't properly engage if you are not uh, submitted to the word of God. Go to Hebrews 13 right quick. Watch it. Watch this. Hebrews 13. Okay? Because when I say this, see, we're in an age now people are like, I nobody tell me what to do. I come when I want to come. Well, Everybody say, mind need, need to be changed. Let's go to Hebrews 13, verse 15. Watch this. Hebrews 13, verse 15. And I'm going to give you a couple things I got to get you out of here. Hebrews 13. <laughs> let's, uh, i tell you what, let's go to the New Living Translation and then we'll come back to the KJV. All right? I, I, want, I want you to see it. Everybody with me? Because again, guys, see, the prophet's job was to bring the message to, to God's people. And when God's people were in rebellion, God even told Ezekiel, they may not, it's not he told them, they ain't going to hear what you got to say, but they're going to know a prophet's been there. You may not hear what I got to say, but you're going to know I'm in the house. You're going to know as your pastor, I love you enough to speak truth to you. Okay, now whether or not you do the truth is going to be up to you. But I am not going to go to the beam of judgment seat of Christ and get get my rewards taken because I didn't tell you the truth about where all of us and where we are as as a body of believers. Watch this. Are y'all Hebrews 13? Verse number 15. Let's read it out loud and on purpose. Ready to read. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name, a continual sacrifice of praise to God. Okay, continual. That means that I'm going to praise him even when I don't feel good. I'm going to praise him even when situations in my life are not where I want him to be because I know he's still good. I know he saved me. I know he delivered me. I know he's going to he's going to he's going to ultimately one day come and get me along with the rest of the church. So even though it may not be where I want it to be right now, I'm still going to praise him. I'm still going to thank him because he's been good to me. Can I get a witness? I'm not going to not praise him because we're going through a little something, something, amen. Something, something going to happen in your life if you're in this world. The Bible says it rains on the just as well as what? The unjust. So why am I going to trip out when something comes to my house? I'm going to keep on praising him. And if you don't want to praise him, just don't to me. Watch out, get out the way because I'm going to praise him. He's been good. Okay, I'm getting carried away. I'm getting carried away. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Is that right? Look at the next verse. Let's go. It says what? And don't forget to do good and share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God, praising him and and doing good and sharing with those who are in need. Now, look at this next verse. Come on, let's read it. Here, Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Now, watch this now. Again, because what I just said earlier, if you're a member of this church, I'm challenging you to not be just a Sunday morning Christian. I'm challenging you to do your Christian journey differently than what you have been accustomed to doing because we can get into habits and patterns that are hard to break because systemically we can begin to do stuff and then before you know it, here's what happens. You start to drift. It starts with, first of all, missing a Sunday and then all of a sudden it's it's okay to miss another Sunday. Not mind you, it takes more than just coming to church to be in tune with God's will. I, I don't want anybody leaving thinking that if I come to church, I'm all right. That's the problem. That's why I, a lot of us are dead because we come to church, but we ain't living anything out there. Uh, let, me, let me back up. Our lifestyles have become defined by our carnal mind's way of thinking rather than the spiritual mind. And God says it's time for us to live again. Ezekiel had a word for God's exiled people He, he had a word it was a hard word judgment was coming but he also tells them that restoration is coming your way too he also tells them that God will deliver his people it's time to live again watch this but I'm watching. Now, I just gave you a direct. I gave you, I gave you, part of your, your, your spiritual responsibility is to engage in the work of the ministry here. And part of engaging in the work of the ministry here means that, that, that you have to transform the way you think about church. Some of you all grew up in, in, in church environments where, where, and again, I'm not knocking how we grew up. I'm just saying that we, we know we're learning now as we study the word systematically. And so if your concept of Christianity is to just show up here on Sunday and I'm good, that's the wrong concept. God wants to know, and as your pastor, I want to know, how are you progressing away from here? What's your life look like when you're not around me? What will people tell me about you when I ask them about you? And so part of your responsibility is, 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 again, let's go back. Sunday is the day that we come together on the first day of the week, as the early church did. And part of our process here is, is discipleship training an hour on Sunday morning and an hour on Wednesday during the midweek. Well, not Sunday morning, we got the hour of discipleship training, but we call it Sunday school, and then we have Sunday morning service. And then on Wednesday, we have, um, uh, you know, a little praise and worship. Then we get right into the word. Okay. So if you're going to go with us, corporately speaking, then you have a responsibility to be there. Uh, Our youth, middle and high schoolers, parents, I'm telling you, you're doing your child a disservice by not uh, uh, instructing them and and training them to be faithful to their midweek service environment. And again, training a child means that they don't get the option to decide whether they're coming or not. How many of you have played athletics before? Any of y'all? Uh, anybody? Carl, you and I played basketball together in high school. Did you? did you have the option of coming to practice when you want to and still play in the game? No, no. And, and Kenny, is Kenny back there? Kenny, we played football together. Gary, we, we were on football together. Did you have the option of coming to practice when you wanted to? Were there times, Gary, when you didn't feel like coming? Were there are times, Gary, you didn't want to run the wind sprint. Were there are times, Gary, you, you felt like, "Foot, this—I'm uh, tired. It's hot out here. I want to go home." Have you ever thought about that? Yes, yes. And think about this: as you as you go up the ladder, if you go on the collegiate level and on the professional level, it it involves your engagement in the preparation for the game. Here's the problem I'm having as your pastor right now: too many of us. Are sitting on the sideline, not coming to practice, and then think we're ready for the game. Don't even know what the game plan is. Don't even know what kind of offense they're running. Are they running the wing tape? Are they running the wishbone? Are they running the spread? Are they running the pro-style offense? What are their tendencies on third down? Not prepared. How many of y'all watched the LSU uh, Alabama game? Yeah. I'm going to tell you what I begin to appreciate. And, and, and I watch games a little bit different than maybe it's, it's some of you all. Here's what I. Be, I, I, I first of all, let me put it this way. I don't like Alabama. I was pulling for LSU. But by the time the game was over, I appreciated how Alabama had prepared for their game. I appreciated the technique and how guys would not lose outside contain. I appreciated how they knew that LSU uh, still have a need for a quarterback who can throw the ball down the field. Yeah. <laughs> and those guys, man, I, I, I don't, I, I, Nick Saban, I, you, he, I don't know. I, his, his persona his personality would not be somebody who I who I maybe would want to pray for, play for, but I got to get a dude's with his props. What did I say? Y'all know, play for, I pray for him now, I pray for him now, come on. I pray for everybody. But guys, I appreciated the preparation that went into that game. You do not know that every year by design, before the LSU game, they have a, a week off. They do it every year. Every year, you check Alabama's schedule. Every year before they play LSU, they have a bye week. Give them two weeks to break down every nook and cranny of that offense and that defense. Now LSU defense did their job. I'm I'm, I'm sorry, they but the offense got to You got to help the brothers out. But Alabama prepared and they were ready to do battle. Church. When spiritual warfare comes our way, when it comes in the life of EBC, remember, I'm afraid that too many of us in here are not prepared to do spiritual warfare. We've been sitting at home thinking we're ready to do battle. And then when the battle comes, you, you, know, you, you, just, you just wig out. I, I'm going to say this, and I, I got to move on because my time is running. Um, you know, You guys know that the challenge that Sister Sister Adams is facing in her health. And 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 we're not going to just talk about that all the time. But here's what I'm going to tell you. And some of y'all, I I, I appreciate you all praying for us. And you guys have been so supportive. And you've been praying. You've been checking on us and seeing if we're okay. That is awesome. And I believe that God is doing something. even though he didn't send it, it, he'll use it. He'll use it. He'll use it to cause us to get to where we need to be. All of us. And and, I, and some of y'all have asked me, and, and I appreciate the brothers asking me, and you asked me, am I all right? Guys, I am all right. And it's not, I'm, I'm all right because, and, and I, I think it was Brother Eric, I was telling him, we were talking just before the service, I said, man, this stuff that we've been preaching is not something that we're just preaching uh, and, and it, it doesn't have application. If if, if 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 I wig out when adversity comes to me, what? Do I really believe what I'm preaching? Guys, I don't know about y'all, but I believe this stuff. I know that God will make a way somehow. I tried the man, and the man is all right. So just because a situation comes, I'm not going to turn loose my faith. I know that God is a deliverer. So, man, we're, we're, I promise you we're all right. And this, ain't, this ain't no false sense of, well, you know, I know you really are. Come on, pastor, give it up, give it up. No, I believe the word of God. I believe that by his stripes we are healed. I believe that he is a way maker. I believe he's my strong tower in my weakest hour. I believe he's my bread in a starving land, water in dry places. I know that the man is all right. We don't just preach this stuff and go and leave and it doesn't have application in our everyday lives. That's been the problem. Everybody says it's time to live again. Oh, oh, yeah, by the way. <laughs> Obey your spiritual leaders. That's what it said. Now, again, as your spiritual leader, I just told you that part of your responsibility as a member of the church is to be engaged in the corp- corporate study. If you never made Sunday school, it's time to make Sunday school. If you never made midweek services, you're not working, you're not sick, it's time for you to get connected to the corporate Bible study. Am I the spiritual leader Is the pastor? What does the Bible say? Is that what it's? Did I make that up? Was that in there before you came today? Jason, put it in the KJV. Maybe it reads differently in the KJV. Let's put it in the KJV. And see if it reads differently. Obey them! <laughs> then have the rule over you and submit yourselves Why? For they watch for your souls as they must give an account. That they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. Okay? Now watch. Get back to Ezekiel right there. Come on. So, so Ezekiel used... Um, some uh, some graphic techniques to communicate that God's judgment was coming as a result of the sin of the people. That was the message that was proclaimed during the first part of his ministry. And again, the most difficult task that a prophet has is to change people's mind. You got to pull up some stuff that shouldn't be. When Ezekiel and some 33,000 Jews went into exile in Babylon, he started to speak a new message Again, he offered words of hope and comfort, teaching that God would regather his people from the ends of the earth and a new temple would one day be built. So he told them about their sin, told them about themselves. But guys, I don't want to ever be guilty of telling you what all's wrong and not give you some hope for the future. Because I don't care where you are, where you've been, what you've been engaged in. God still loves you and he wants to have an intimate relationship with every last one of us in here. The good part about God, he's a forgiving God. He's a merciful God. He is long-suffering. I'm so glad he waited till I got in, amen, before he came back. Aren't you glad that he, he allowed you the opportunity to get saved? It's time to live again. The problem that we're having today and the reason why the church has not been as effective as it needs to be is because people are dead to certain things, areas in their life. They, they won't allow God in. Some of you won't allow God in on your when it comes to your monetary issues. Some of you won't allow God in on, on a lot of other areas. But let me give you three things right quick that, that we can glean from this first part of this book. I, I, again, we're not going uh, verse by verse. But the first thing is, understand is number one, God calls specific individuals to service. Everybody say specific individuals. God calls specific individuals to service. In other words, God God. God God knows you, he knows where you are, he knows who you are, he knows your little idiosyncrasies, he knows your little habits, your little traits, and he's still calling you. Think about that for a second. He's still calling us even when he knows our flaws. He wants us to be in a position where he can use us. God called and commissioned Ezekiel as his mouthpiece to Judah. And Ezekiel witnessed an incredible vision full of God's glory. It was a vision that stuck with him through his entire ministry. And following this, God gave the prophet instructions and and, and empowered and enabled him for the task at hand. Go go to Ezekiel, the third chapter, right quick. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Ezekiel chapter number three. And and, and I thank God for, for just helping us to glean some things um, from this Ezekiel 3, verse number 27. 3 and 27 right quick. Look at it. So God calls specific individuals to serve. God is calling you. Preachers aren't the only one to have callings on their lives. Each one of you all in here have spiritual giftings that, that God wants to utilize to help grow the ministry, to help get people saved. Ezekiel 3 And 27. Let's read again. But when I give you a message, I will loosen your tongue and let you speak. Then you will say to them, This is what the Lord, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Those who choose to listen will listen. But those who refuse will refuse because they're rebels. Look at what he says. Those who choose to listen will listen. Now, I'm sitting up here now as your pastor, as, as God's prophetic voice to this church this morning, and I realize there are going to be some of you all who are going to choose to listen, and you'll show up on Wednesday when you've never shown up before. You'll get engaged in, in, in the Sunday discipleship training because you're listening to the prophetic voice, but there are going to be many of you all that sit here and won't listen. The text says those who choose to listen will listen But those who refuse will refuse because you're a rebel. You are rebellious. Look at me. I call you a rebel. And you don't have a rebel flag on, but you're a rebel. Is that what it says? Read it again. Those who choose to listen. But those who refuse... They are rebels. Now watch this. Hebrews said, obey your spiritual leaders, didn't it? Now again, could it be that your blessing is tied to your obedience? Now if you had been here on Wednesday night, you would have known as we studied the book of Joel that that's the major principle. God's blessing is tied to our obedience to him if he says obey your spiritual leader and your spiritual leader says part of your, 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 your membership of this church is that you be engaged in a corporate Bible study, but you won't come and you don't have a reason why you don't have to come, then are you in rebellion? Everybody uh, say Y-E-S? <laughs> Again, if you're working, if you're sick, that's one thing. But if you're just at home watching some program, God got a problem with you. He has a very serious problem with you. And maybe, just maybe, that's why you're not experiencing his blessings. Because his blessing is tied to our obedience. Now God will bless us sometimes in spite of ourselves. But if you've been here long enough, and and, and here's, here's what God, God sometimes God said, well, they don't know nobody, they just got in. They, maybe they weren't a part of a teaching church. But now you are part of you're a part of a, a teaching ministry, and and now you are responsible. That's, that's my alarm. That means it's time for me to be quiet, okay? <laughs> Until I get my clock back, I got my alarm on. But guess what, guys? If I purposely refuse to listen, then my blessings is tied to my obedience. So think about that for a second. Maybe you're still struggling with some things because you haven't been obedient to what you know to do. Amen? What you know to do. So God calls specific individuals to service. Watch this. Do you all recall when the Apostle Paul was commissioned for service by the Lord Jesus he saw a vision, right? And it was a vision of the resurrected Savior over in Acts, the ninth chapter. He was on the road to Damascus, getting ready to persecute the church in Acts, the ninth chapter. Uh, That vision stuck with him for the duration duration of his life. And guys, here's what we've been called to do. We've been called to serve. Go to Matthew, the 20th chapter, I'm gonna let you go. Because Brother Jay, we're we're gonna pick up next week on this. We're gonna do part two of It's Time to Live Again. So can can y'all agree with me that all of us have been called to service? Not just the pastor. So if I'm called to service, if I'm on the team, then that means that I gotta prepare, spiritually speaking, not physically. I got to prepare my mind. I got to prepare my spirit, man, to engage in spiritual warfare. But if I don't, if I don't spend any time with God's Word, maybe you say, well, Pastor, I don't understand the Bible. Well, that's why you need to come to Bible study. It's need to be at some discipleship of so you can understand it know better so, so that you have a need of being taught deliver me from people who want to lead and be in front but don't want to be taught any good leader is willing to to, to be instructed you got to become a good follower before you become a good leader now if, if if again if you're sitting here and maybe something is rising up on the inside of you because you think I'm talking a little rough to you this morning then you need to check your spirit because this is all out of love. I promise you. I know God is saying he has a work for EBC to do. And here's the, here's the part about it. Each one of you all who are members of this church, you have an integral part to play in us getting to where God wants to be. And so God says it's time out for sitting on your gift. It's time out for for. for Just uh, being here on Sunday, it's time for you to get engaged and allow the word of God to transform the way you think so that it can put you in a position where you can engage in spiritual warfare. We need some warriors. We need warriors ready to do battle. And you can't do battle if you don't know any word. If you're allowing the word of God to transform your mind. Look look at Matthew 28 chapter. And we're going to stop right here, okay? Matthew 28. Glory to God. And let's look at verse number 19 and 20. God calls specific individuals to service. He's specific. He's called you. And if you don't know what your calling is, when I say calling, he calls all of us to do this here. But there are specific areas of spiritual gift and and, uh, Sister Doris and I talked about this and and here uh, probably the first of the year we're going to do a spiritual gift discovery class again so you you, you can understand what your spiritual gift is. Because that's going to be the area where you best serve. How many of y'all will agree that sometimes we're serving out of position? Sometimes we're in an area and we're serving and and we're doing okay, but that's not what we're called. And it's, you know, you got to sit on the bus, but maybe it's the wrong seat. Get in the right seat. We're not going to kick you off the bus, but we want to put you in the right seat. Because when you're in the right seat, you can be most affected. I can tell you right now, my seat ain't, <laughs> my seat is not directing the choir. I mean, I just turn around and do a little something, something every now and then. you know, when, when, I, when I feel a little happy, I just try to direct the choir. But that, that's not my, that's not my, my forte. Because I mean, you know, when, you know, sometimes I'm, I might well say, well, that sound all right. Then y'all who know me you may say, that, that part was off. Have y'all ever heard, never never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Matthew 28, I got to stop here. Watch it. What, what, is, what does the text say? Let's read. Stop. Who's talking? Who's, who's talking specifically? Jesus. This was after his resurrection from the grave. As he prepared, he's ascending back up in heaven. Look what it says. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, of all nationalities. I told new members class, Deliver me from a Christian who only goes to certain people. God, didn't, God said, he says, make disciples of all nations. That word, the root word nation that comes from a Greek word, not a Hebrew word, nationality. So don't, don't hold the gospel just for black people or white people or Hispanic people. It doesn't matter what a person looks like on the outside. They need to hear the gospel. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Spirit. Verse number 20 says what? Teach these new disciples to obey all. Everybody say all. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to teach us to obey all. So now again, let me go back. As your pastor, here's the prophetic word for today. You need to be at Bible study. And you need to be in Sunday school. You who are members of this church, and even if you're a visitor today, I'm so sorry. This, is, this ain't for your visitors. But you can come if you want to now. We would love to have you. But specifically for EBC members, it's time for us to rise up, to learn, to grow, and let's, let's get engaged. No longer is it, is, it, is it okay to sit on the sidelines. Okay. Y'all got me? God's calling you to, to play in the game. But if you don't practice, you don't come and learn the strategy you can't get in the game. Okay? No good coach will play you and you don't come to practice. No, good case, no coach worth his salt will put you in the game and you didn't show up one day for practice. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. So the first point that we got to today we only got three, but we got to one. God calls specific individuals to service. He's calling you. Yes, you. I don't, yes, you. If you're born again, he's calling you to service. And we'll pick back up on next week.